We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Friday morning and day after Thanksgiving to everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensted, joined as always on uh, on Friday mornings by Ryan Balangi. I get the name right this time. I am finally nailing it. Ryan, uh, it's 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 week twelve. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors at WinBet uh, for the sponsorship. That's W Y N N B E T. Ryan, week twelve. Uh, you know, week ten was so so good. I kind of expected week eleven to be bad, and it was for me. Um, I just missed on quarterbacks. It was a weird, uh, it was a strange week where we had some some real stinkers of quarterback. That uh, that Chiefs Cowboys game, nineteen to nine, um, let a lot of people down. You and I talked about like what's the game to stack if you don't stack that one. I I think both of us liked uh, Bengals Raiders. That didn't work. It was uh, it was Packers Vikings was the one, and we talked about that a little bit. But uh, that game, uh, you know, turned to be the game that if you had both sides of that, you did you did really really well in leagues, especially because you know, it wasn't super popular. A lot of people won Cowboys Chiefs and. Uh, Dak and uh, and Mahomes combining for zero touchdowns is not quite what I expected from that game. Yeah, I know I'm in the same boat as you. Sunday went pretty bad. I think uh, for the second time in a month, I have to come on here and say I've had my <laughs> I had my worst Sunday of the year in NFL. Uh, yeah, that Bengals game. I recommended T Higgins on here. Played T Higgins in cash. I think he caught like two short passes on three targets, and that's it. Um, yep. Had a lot of Jeff Wilson who uh, became pretty popular when Elijah Mitchell was ruled out. Uh, it almost started really well for him, but Garoppolo missed him on a wide-open touchdown. Dude, he had, like, uh, nobody within, like, 10 yards of him on that play. Yeah, and then, like you mentioned, had a little bit of the the Chiefs-Cowboys game, and where I didn't, I decided to go with the Bengals. Uh, they ended up playing pretty slow. The Raiders played, I don't know, it just... Yeah, every, everything went bad. Uh, I don't really want to think about last week. Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving slate went uh, better yesterday. So oh, good. building some momentum for this Sunday and hopefully we can turn it around. Did you play a lot of tight ends? Because there were like eight touched at tight end touchdowns yesterday. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, that's that was part of it. Yeah, I played a lot of tight ends and none of them were Darren Waller. That's so, that's key. It's, it's wild. There, I think there were seven. It was a seven or eight touchdowns from tight ends. And Waller was not one that scored. It was uh, yeah. it was it was a weird wacky day. But uh, let's get on to the uh, the week twelve uh, week twelve Sunday main slate. Obviously, the three Thanksgiving games we'll be talking about. And then we got uh, Sunday night football. We have Cleveland at Baltimore. Monday night football. We have Seattle at Washington. So two games that like 
you know, aside from losing, maybe Lamar don't really uh, d- don't really disappoint me too much not on the main slate. But uh, another week where we don't have a lot of high totals, we have a lot of low totals. It's a, I think it's a it's clearly a theme in the NFL now. Teams are scoring a little bit less. We've got this is an interesting week. We have one game that's over a five point spread. I, you know, I uh, I bet on games. I've I've done this for a lot of years where I look at spreads and stuff. I only have ever seen a week where. There's no team fair by more than a touchdown, and there's one team fair by more than five, and that's New England's at six and a half over Tennessee, and that's because the the injuries on the Titans. But a wild week, and even that game, you're not like, oh, T- New England's going to easily win that. There's no like, there's no worry about blowouts. There's, I mean, they're going to happen, but there's not any games we're walking into like, ah, oh, this is going to be twenty one nothing at halftime. Like, they're just not worried about that. Um, on the high total side, I'm going to dip down a little bit lower than normal just because there's not many down there. I'm going to start at forty eight. Um, we have the Chargers in Denver at forty eight, Minnesota, San Francisco at forty nine. Tampa Bay at Indy is the one game over 50 on the slate. It's 52 and a half. Obviously, the, the high-flying uh, Tampa offense and the, you know against Jonathan Taylor, who's been scoring four or five touchdowns a game himself. So uh, on this top end, is there a game you really like uh, to stack? Is there a game that, uh, on the high totals that you, you don't like? Where do you feel uh, kind of fall on these, uh, these, these handful of, of high total games? Yeah, uh, I think the Tampa Bay-Indy game uh, – will probably be the the most popular and rightfully so when people see that total um there's just there's a lot of bad games on this slate i i can't remember a slate with this many games that just that don't look good at all i mean jets texans titans patriots uh falcons jaguars panthers dolphins with the lowest total on the slate yep eagles giants i mean so so yeah like you mentioned those three afternoon games will be targets after uh, the Buccaneers Colts game. And I think you can make, you can make good arguments against all of those games. Um, the Rams Packers game. So I was surprised to see that game have a 47 point total. The last I checked. Um, I, I, know- I was too. I, I, could, I, was, I thought that'd be like a popular game. I think it still will be. I just, uh, I kind of like the over in that game too, though. Yeah, so I think it opened around 48 and a half and it's down to 47. Last I checked, um, they, they played in the playoffs uh, last year. Um, and even though the game had 50 points, um, it, it had a below average number of plays. And the Packers this season just insist on playing slow. Um, they're always under when it comes to total plays. But there are pass, you know, for that game to be better. Like if if Rams take an early lead, the Packers will have to pass similar to last week against the Vikings. So I, I do like that game. If it, if it starts a certain way, um, chargers Broncos, I think the Broncos are actually the slowest team in the league, but the chargers are a pretty fast team. And you know, if they get out to a lead again, the Broncos won't, really have much of a choice but to try to play catch up so I kind of like that game too and then I I know people like this Vikings Niners game too and I I know you're you're a Niners fan maybe you can help us more with that one but I don't know you know the Niners they like to take they like to get a lead and run the ball and sit on it uh the Vikings they're kind of okay with that too uh if they get a lead uh so i'm kind of worried about that game too it's it's a weird slate yeah i think it's the first time we've seen a lot of slates this year with multiple games with 15 point spreads um everything's close which is which is nice but there's just there's just not a lot of places you want to go um what do you think is is any any of those games stand out to you you know, not really. I, as I went back and forth, I think I think the Rams and Packers is probably the one that like I, there's just so many good players in that game that'll probably end up going there. But you look at, I mean, 
you mentioned Green Bay playing slow. They're also allowing like the fifth fewest points per game in the league too. So it's, it's funny that you talk about that game and like everybody thinks of the Rams defense is this and that, but the Rams defense has been pretty average all year. Like they're middle of the pack in a lot of, in a lot of categories there. You know, if you look at, you look a little deeper, they're probably a little, a little better than some of their stats uh, lay out. Of course they have good players, but you know, they're 15th in points allowed per game. There's a, there's a couple other stats. I think passing yards per game, they're like 18th. There's a lot of stats that are just kind of in the middle and I think, yeah, you know, a lot of that is just kind of reputation. And you, you think they're going to turn it on at some point, but they, they've not been great. They, they've allowed a lot of long drives. And, um, but you're right. The Packers play slow. And there's no game that, like, I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, this is the game I want to attack. I think that, uh, I think the games you mentioned, I will have some pieces of all of them. You know, obviously, Tampa, Tampa, Indy is interesting to try and figure out how to play that game. Cause if you, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Indy, you're like, well, Jonathan Taylor. And then you look at Tampa and they, they stop the run almost better than anybody in the league. So it's a, it's a weird one where you can't, like, last, I think yeah, last week, even Indy against Buffalo, you know, Jonathan Taylor was like, well, it's Buffalo's defense. And obviously he went absolutely bonkers. So um, it's a history week as we get through the players. I think there's a lot of players I like, but maybe not games that I'm attacking quite that much. Um, you mentioned all the low totals. I think you hit all those. Uh, Pins- Pins- Pittsburgh and Cincy is also 45. Um, there are some – it's a weird week where, like, some of the bad teams are playing each other. Um, some slow teams are playing each other. You got, like, Jackson, Atlanta. You mentioned Carolina, Miami. Um, the Jets in Houston, like there's some, there's some, there's some ugly games out there, but you know, that's what we're here for is to find, uh, find the right plays in these games. You know, they still, uh, all the contests still pay the same, whether the games are good or not. And we'll be, we'll be watching whether the, the matchups are highly anticipated or not, but you're right that the afternoon slate is definitely, definitely the better one with, uh, with the, the Green Bay Packers, or the Green Bay Rams game and the Niners Vikings game are, are both pretty watchable games. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's jump into who you think is going to be kind of the, the popular plays this week. Starting at uh, we'll start at the top, we'll start at quarterback. Um, as I looked at quarterback, I saw um, two kind of mid range, last expensive guys. I think will be popular in Tom Brady and Jalen Hurts, and then one cheap guy in Cam Newton. I missed on Cam last week. I did not. Lo- I did not want to play him. I did not see it. He had twenty six points. He was the QB four. Um, he had one hundred eighty yards passing, but two touchdowns, forty six yards rushing, another rushing touchdown. Uh, Miami D has been better the last month, but you know, I don't think we're scared of them, but uh, who do these popular quarterbacks? Do you think those three are kind of the ones or are there some other guys you think are going to be kind of up that uh, roster chip percentage? Yeah. Um, so the first thing, just in general, this cash, this slate for cash games and at quarterback, there's not like the obvious mm-hmm. options that we've had in recent weeks we've had them at quarterback, running back receiver. There's kind of, not really anyone at any of the positions, save for maybe a couple of the expensive guys. But yeah, starting at quarterback, yeah, the three guys you mentioned, um, I think people will play Hurts over Brady, I think, just because of the rushing upside and because he's $300 cheaper. Uh, like you, I wasn't on Newton. I guess I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not really a cam guy, but it, you know, it makes sense. It's a cheap price tag and, and yeah. paying down at, Paying down at quarterback makes sense too. Uh, if we don't end up with value at other positions, there's a lot of guys to spend for. So I can see paying down. Um, there's a guy in the middle though that I'm considering. Uh, Justin Herbert, sixty six hundred. Um, never, I, I never heard of him. Who are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I know you like Herbert too. I'm, I'm a big fan as well. And his salary is now, I mean, cheaper than it's been in a while. He's been. I mean, he was, yeah. well, he was, he was 6,700 against Pittsburgh, but that was uh that was a showdown slate. Other than that, he's been over seven K um, for the past more than the past month. Um, I get why the price tags come down <clears throat> for a matchup against the Broncos, but that's not really prohibitive for me. I mean, the, the Broncos, 
yeah, they play slower, but the Chargers are a better team. Um, so I'd still expect chances, plenty of chances to score. So I don't mind going to Herbert. Um, but yeah, I think after that, you probably just pay down or and and play Cam. Um, I heard I've heard some people mentioning Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, he's another quarterback that runs, and it's it's just it's such a good matchup against the Jets. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you can go there. I, I guess I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, what about you? Who are who are you leaning towards? I guess at the top and the bottom, or just in general. Yeah, a lot of Herbert. I'll, when we talk stacks, I'll get to that. But uh, I, I, I just love the price tag on him. Six six hundred. He went, he went crazy last week. The ninety yards rushing was out of nowhere. I don't think he's been over like thirty yards all year. He had ninety yards, but he had like three eighty five, four touchdowns. The game, the game script worked out. It was kind of back and forth. Uh, in that game, it was, a, it was a fun game. But yeah, I love Herbert. The price. That's kind of a price tag thing for me. But the only one I would talk about is, is Jalen Hurts. He's seventy three hundred. Uh, the stat has been everywhere this week that he has 10 weeks where he's been a QB one in fantasy. Um, no one else has more than seven. It's, it's a pretty wild stat. Like someone broke it down. You had 10 and the nine and eight are empty. And then seven. I mean, he's played 11 games. He has 10 QB one weeks. It's one that one week where they ran the ball a thousand times where he didn't get there, but it's weird. Cause he hasn't topped 180 yards passing since week seven, but he has 50 plus rushing yards each of the last five weeks. He had the three rush touchdowns last week. Like he just, they're running and he's running as a result also. And it's just, it's working. It's kind of scary to look at though. You look at it, you're like, he just doesn't get a lot of passing yards. He doesn't have the weapons you really want in a, in a quarterback. But the, the rushing upside has just been so big that it's been carrying him. And he's been, he gets there almost every week. Yeah. And it's a guy, it's like, it's hard for me. I've had a tough time rostering Hurts lately. Just, I, I don't like the passing uh, yep. the, the passing upside, I guess. And I, I want to say, you know, I feel like he's been a bit fortunate to get there on a lot of weeks. Now, I, I don't want to say like he's been lucky, right. but I mean, he really relies on rushing touchdowns. Yep. Um, yeah. Like you said, he hasn't gone over 178 passing yards in four straight weeks. Um, and now he's up to seven, three, Look, I get it. If you want to play Hurts against the Giants, it, I probably won't go there. I'm just, I'm not the Jalen Hurts guy, but it, it makes sense. I mean, like you said, he just smashes every week. And, and I, I love quarterbacks uh, with rushing upside. I mean, I don't know. Do you like, do you lean one way or the other? What do you think? Yeah, if I'm going to go with that price tag, I'd go Brady at 7600 and just kind of uh, figure out who to play at receiver there. You know, you got between Godwin and Adams. We'll talk about the when the or the I keep saying Patriots. We'll talk about the Buccaneers when we uh, when we hit stacks. But I think I'd go Brady. Um, I think I even might go Stafford in, in that price range. And Rodgers at 6900. I think there's just enough guys around him that uh, I'm looking for big passing games. I just I just worry with Hurts. Like it, you know, props to him. He does get there. I worry a little bit though that you know you're really counting on 60 rushing yards and a touchdown to get there because. 180 passing yards in four straight weeks is just it's it's rough to look at but um, yeah we'll, we'll talk about quarterbacks a little bit more, get more stacks and we'll, we'll kind of get some more guys but i think that the cheap guy is gonna have to be newton for people um i think people might jump into the jimmy g waters a little bit but they just run the ball so much it's hard to count on that like if they do get a lead you know who knows that game from minnesota should be close but if they do get a lead like they're just gonna hand the ball off the entire second half and they're a team that you know absolutely will do that whereas you get looks look at someone like tampa they get a lead like Bray's still throwing some passes and, and, and mixing it around. He has so many weapons too. But um, so running back's interesting too. I, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch of like the expensive guys that aren't gonna be popular here in a, in a bit. But at the top, I think there's two guys who are probably the most popular. It's Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. Jonathan Taylor's 9100. 
Christian McCaffrey's 9,000. We kind of hit on Taylor with a big game against the Bills already. Uh, McCaffrey is back to full sl- full snaps last week. He had a couple weeks where he you know, got the ball a lot but didn't play the fourth quarter because they were getting blown out. Um, last week he had 17, uh, 17 uh, touches, uh, 10 rushes, 7 catches, had a touchdown, um, 18 targets the last two weeks. Miami is kind of league average against the run, so no matchup worries here. Um, if you're going one of these guys at the top, the two studs here, do you have a do you have a strong preference between the two? Or are you avoiding this range completely? Uh, where do you fall in uh, between these two guys? Okay, yeah, I do have a preference. So, so last week, not only did I did I roster all the wrong players, but I also <laughs> recommended fading Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah, I was worried about the Bills matchup a little bit, and I was worried yeah. that they might be playing from behind. Obviously, none of that mattered as he went for five touchdowns, and I think the biggest game anyone's had in fantasy all season. So and they play and they played from ahead the whole game. Like it's just yeah. one of those things. It was hard. I mean, they just they completely shut down the Bills, and it was a it was a hard game trip to get to. Although you know the the, the Colts are going to use Taylor either way, though. So yeah. So then this week, I was prepared. I was prepared to jump on board for Taylor. Um, but I see that he's gotten an $800 salary increase now up to 9,100. Don't love that he's priced the same as McCaffrey, but you look at his game log and it's absolutely uh, valid. I mean, he's put up over 21 fantasy points in eight consecutive weeks. That's crazy. So I was thinking about jumping on board even against Tampa's tough run defense, but then I see that Tampa's getting Vita Vea back. Uh, Bruce Arians said Vita Vey is good to go. He is arguably the top run stuffer in the league. Yep. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay is favored. So I think when you put all that together, I'm going to fade Taylor again. And it's not just to fade Taylor. It's to play McCaffrey. I want to roster McCaffrey. Um, he's looked He's looked great. I mean, he's averaged over 6.5 yards a carry in his two, you know, two full games. Um, not counting the New England game where he just like kind of came back and um, yeah, 18 targets. Um, Cam likes to look for him, likes to dump it off to him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I side with McCaffrey. Uh, what about you? Uh, I do too. And it's, uh, I love Jonathan Taylor. If you look at my draft teams, I have a lot of Jonathan Taylor and that's been great, but I just think you, you know, you have to look at this week by week. You have to look at this just one game at a time. Um, and I love Jonathan Taylor, but going against Tampa at the same price as McCaffrey, I just have to go. If I if I play one of the top two guys, and we're gonna talk about some kind of elite guys in the next tier when we talk about uh, we talk about running backs for tournaments. Um, I just uh, I just think that McCaffrey's my guy. There, the, the Taylor you mentioned the Taylor run of eight weeks, like it's it's nuts. He's the fourth player ever in the history of the NFL to have 100 plus yards, total yards, and a touchdown in eight straight games. Like we're talking yeah. like historical stuff it's the first time since uh since lt did it in whatever 2000 whatever that was but um it's crazy he's been awesome he is awesome but i just think that the matchup dictates here that i would go uh if i'm playing a top guy at 9000 it's mccaffrey for me too yeah me too i mean matchup and price and then like yeah. if if you know taylor's going to be he's going to get some roster ship just based on what he's done if if you were yeah. going to tell me that like no one was going to roster him you may, maybe i'd i'd consider it a little bit more but yeah, just all together uh, makes me lean McCaffrey. Yeah, when you score five touchdowns, people are going to play you the next week, no matter who you're who you're facing. So I don't think that'll be a problem. Um, we're going to get to uh, mid-range running backs and cheap guys in, in, a, in a bit here. But I want to talk about the expensive receivers, kind of in the popularity range. Um, there's two guys who stick out at the top. Uh, Cooper Cup is 9,600 this week. I was uh, I was stunned to see that price. And Devontae Adams in the same game is 8,600. 
Um, what do you think people do with this one? Like the cup is so expensive. Like it just seems, it seems to me like if everybody's going to go up to this range, they're going to play Adams for a thousand dollars less. But uh, am I wrong there? No, I think you're spot on. Um, couldn't imagine seeing a, a receiver priced a thousand dollars more than than Adams at the right. start of the season, especially one in the same game. Um, <clears throat> look, Cooper Cup, like similar to you know what Jonathan Taylor's done at running back, Cup is doing at receiver. Yep. Um, if they were the same price, I, I'd roster Cup, but for a thousand less, yeah, I, I, I gotta go with Adams, and yeah, I think the majority of of people will do that um which which is the case for playing cup you know a lot of times not just in nfl but in dfs for all sports when a player you know is sort of egregiously priced like that or not even egregiously just a just a very high price sometimes you know it makes sense to go out of your way to try to roster them um so I understand it, but you know I'm a Packer fan too, so I, I just have to go with Devontae Adams in, in yeah. that game if I'm going to play one of them. Yeah, I mean it's it just—I mean Adams is so good. I mean you look at Cup, 13 targets each of the last two weeks, and you know even when the Rams' offense have been struggling these last couple weeks, they lost both those games to the Titans and the and the 49ers, and he still went crazy in both those games. So they're just like Stafford uses him so much. He's been under double-digit targets once all year, and that was nine in Week Eight. So it's not like it was a down game. Um, J- Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen just smoked this Packers secondary last week too. 16 catches for 251 yards and two touchdowns. So I get it, but I just, I, I, it would have to be for me. It'd have to be with a, with a Stafford play. I think it had, it had to be as part of a stack. I'm not playing cup by himself at nice 600. I just, it's just too hard to get there with, with other stuff. I want to do the lineup and you, know, you just drop a thousand to Adams who had seven for one fifteen and two touchdowns last week, you know, six plus catches each of the last four weeks, super involved. Um, the Rams are actually 30th in the NFL in points per game to wide receiver ones. So it's not like the Rams defense. They don't they don't shadow with Jalen Ramsey with guys. They didn't in the playoffs last year. You referenced that playoff game last year. They did not have Ramsey shadow, shadow Adams. I mean, he, he, he ends up on him sometimes, but it's not like he's going to follow him around. And, you know, Debo Samuel had 30 points last week or two weeks ago against the Rams, but the Rams were on by last week. But I know some of that was rushing, but still, they're just giving up a lot of big games. And um, I think you get Devontae Adams $1,000 cheaper than anybody. I'm probably going to go Devontae every time and, and be pretty happy with it. Yep. I uh, totally agree. Um, I've heard, you know, people sometimes get worried about rostering a number one receiver against uh, Jalen Ramsey, but like you said, he hasn't been shadowing. Uh, and yeah. in the game, in the playoff game last season, Adams had not a great game, but he had nine for 66 and a touchdown. Um, and it would have had a better game, but they ran the ball a lot in the second half with the lead. Um, so yeah, the, the matchup is, is against the Rams is not prohibitive for Adams. There are a lot of mid-range receivers. We're going to talk about them in a little bit here too. But there's one tight end I want to talk about that I think is going to be insanely popular. It's Rob Gronkowski at Indy. Um, they're playing playing the Colts there. 4,400 uh, in a game, the highest total, in a game with Tom Brady, in a game where you're going to be looking to get piece of this game. I think Gronk is going to be re- easily the most popular tight end at 4,400. Um, he's played four games this year, really. Like if you look at it, like one game, he played like six snaps. But he played four games, really. Did eight targets in three of those four games. Like when he's out there, Brady looks at him. Last week he was six for 71 and eight targets. Big game total, great price, big name, big name quarterback. Um, I don't see how Gronk is the most popular tight end this week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, well, like he, he should be like he should be like 5,300 or something like that. I agree. Okay. I, I don't know if he'll be the most popular just because I still 
people just don't like to roster Gronk. Like um, last year, coming off the injury, and he just didn't look great. People didn't like to roster him. They didn't roster him in the Super Bowl. They don't roster him on these on these showdown slates where he's went went off coming off the injuries this year. But but you're right. Like Brady just loves him. Um, yep. And without without a B, that's that's a boost to Gronk. Definitely. That's a, that's a key to me without, without a B like everything opens up for everybody else there. It's just, you know, you go from four main targets to three, it just changes everything for everybody. Yeah. You know, and I, I agree with you that I think he, he should be popular, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at some projections and, and he's not really now, now he will get (laughs) roster ship because that's, that's in, you know, he's playing in the highest total game, a game that people want to attack. Um, but there's other tight ends that people are going to roster too. So I don't think like Gronk will be crazy popular. All right, good. I, I hope not. Cause I, uh, I plan on playing him a lot. I'd like to see him uh, not crazy popular. Uh, let's get into some stacks here, but uh, first a note from our sponsors at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, Moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 in your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Ryan, let's talk about some quarterback receiver stacks. Uh, we've kind of we've kind of hit on the, the top game is, is, is Tampa and Indy in terms of over-under total. I think a lot of people will go... We'll go Brady Sacks. The thing that will help differentiate that is he's got two receivers. He has Mike Evans at 7,200, Chris Godwin at 7,000. Um, you know, you talk to you can talk all day about which one you like more. I think, you know, Evans is the touchdown guy. Godwin's the, the receptions and targets guy. And I think that's kind of fair. I like both of them with the fact that A.B. is not playing. And when A.B. plays, I think it gets really muddled up, like we mentioned a second ago. Um, I think the Brady Stack with the receiver and Gronkowski will be the way I, I go in some lineups, too. I think that's very playable, too. Do you think Indy scores enough like to make this kind of a back and forth game? I guess is what I'm, is what I'm wondering. Do you think it's like, I know that it's not a huge spread and I know a lot of people are picking Indy. I think it's like a three point spread. I think a lot of people are picking Indy because they've been playing so well on this win streak, but do you think Indy's built the way that, that we want for like a 35, 31 type shootout? Yeah. I mean, probably not. <clears throat> I mean, we've seen Wentz struggle in, in those type of games. Uh, he hasn't had to do much recently uh, with them leaning on the run so much. Um, and, but, but yeah, I mean, I think they can look the, the, the bucks haven't been all that impressive either. They've actually yeah. been pretty disappointing other. I mean, I, yeah, I know they crushed the giants uh, in that primetime game the other night. Um, but you know, a lot of teams crush the Giants. Um, and, True. you know, uh, Tampa, the way to attack Tampa is with the passing game. And, we, you know, Wentz is capable. So, yeah, I think they can. Um, yeah. But I guess if if you stack Tampa, um, I don't think you need to run it back. Like, I'm not going to run it back with Jonathan Taylor because, you know, he's the most expensive running back. Yeah. You know, Brady's the most expensive quarterback. Tampa's receivers are are expensive. So that doesn't really make sense. So I don't mind just stacking Tampa, but I also don't mind running it back with like a with like a Pittman. Um, Pitt, Pittman is cheaper than we've seen him recently. So so that makes sense, too. Um, I don't know, but it, it, what are, it sounded like maybe you don't think the Colts can can hang around or how yeah. do you feel? The key is with the Bucs, though, is I don't know how much it matters. I mean, like, Brady likes to throw in the second half when they have leads. I don't think I worry about that much. But if they get up, like, 35-3, to three, sure. But I think the I think the Colts do enough. It's just, like, you just don't picture them in, like, a 35-31 game. But sometimes, it, you know, you mentioned you got to attack uh, Tampa through the air, and it'll be interesting to see if they can run. It'll be a fascinating game to watch because watching Jonathan Taylor against, you know, Vita Vea and the rest of the, the Bucs defense will be fun. But I, I just don't think it matters. I think that my question was more, like, for a comeback. I think you kind of answered that. I think I would go Pittman if I do it. Um, but I don't think it's crazy if you just take the Tampa stack and, you know, find other places that you want to, you want to uh, put your other uh, roster spots on, but uh, it's gonna be a fun game. I think that uh, I think it's a, it's, it's a very good way to go. It's the highest total game. Pretty obvious there, but uh, you mentioned Justin Herbert. Uh, he's 6,600. If you're going to stack this game, 
Um, so the, the, it's interesting. We've, we've had the back and forth with these these Chargers receivers, Allen and, and Mike Williams, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen is now 1,700 more than Mike Williams this week. Like, it's wild how it, it started that way, and then Williams is getting there, and he kind of, I think at one point he got higher than Allen, and we started playing Allen. Allen's mm-hmm. been a target monster the last uh, four weeks 11, 13, 11, 11. He's over 75 yards in each game. 35 catches the last four weeks. He's been huge. Uh, Mike Williams is quiet. Finally played well last week. He had five for 97 on six targets. Obviously, the the huge Justin uh, Herbert game helped there. Uh, 382 and three touchdowns passing. Um, so what are you doing? You mentioned Herbert earlier. If you're stacking this game, um, do you pay up for Allen? Are you paying down for Williams at the cheaper price? How do you kind of feel uh, you'll, you'll attack this game? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I do want to attack this game. Uh, yeah, I, I I like Herbert. This is one of the stacks that I'm strongly considering. Um, you know, if all things were equal, it'd just be Keenan Allen. Those those targets are crazy. Yeah. Um, 11, 11, 13, and 13. Um, and also, the, the Broncos struggle against slot receivers and are decent on the outside. Um that being said, fifty-seven hundred for Mike Williams is very appealing. It's a um, huge. It's a huge difference. Is the key. It's a huge difference. Um, and yeah, I think you can make the case. You can make the case for either guy. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it depends. Uh, if I get some value at other positions that I like, that yeah. that makes like pay, paying up for Keenan. I guess m- more affordable or, or easier. Um, if the, if there's not value, no, I have no problem going with Mike Williams. Um, in, in situation, just in general, I kind of like to just go with the guy who's significantly cheaper when, you know, they yeah, have similar too. upside. We know what Mike Williams can do. Uh, he, he has big, he has big time ceiling potential. So like, yeah, like just, I guess if I'm making one lineup just right now, yeah, give me, give me Mike Williams. I'll take the chance for, uh, what is it? Seven, dollars yep. difference. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think that uh, I'll look at it and, and kind of see where the value is, but I, I think that 1700 and, you know, getting a receiver in the same game with my quarterback is probably the way I go. Um, I love Keenan Allen, but uh, you know, if I look at, it, I can go Williams and like one of these like expensive receivers that nobody's going to have this kind of a one-off that I, I do like to play expensive one-offs like that. So I think they'll probably, I'll probably get there, but uh, you know, as we talk cheaper guys here, there's a lot of mid range running backs. We talked about the expensive ones, but there's a lot of mid range guys this week too. So th- there is some value to be had here. So as I build it, you know, I love Keenan Allen, but I think I'd probably lean Williams if I had to answer it kind of in a one lineup kind of thing. Uh, Rams, uh, Rams Packers talking about this game in terms of stacks. Are you thinking about, uh, Rogers Devante coming back with someone? Are you thinking about Stafford cup coming back with someone? How do you kind of feel about uh, this game in terms of, uh, you know, really stacking it? It's a really expensive one to do that. Right. And you just said it, it's really expensive. So yeah, I've been thinking about taking a shot on it, but if I stack this game, I want to play Cooper cup. I mean, especially if I stack the Rams side, right. So, and then, I mean, it's hard. You want to play Devonte too. So it's like, I, I mess with some cup Devonte lineups and it gets, it gets, it gets gross pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so they really, I mean, both of them have to just go off if they're in the same lineup. I mean, you need at, at those salaries, you need 25 plus from each of them probably. Um, yep. um That's tough. So yeah, I, I want to do it, but I think the salaries are going to keep me off that. Um, I, I could go with the Packers side, maybe Rogers, Adams, and, you know, you could run it back with maybe Daryl Henderson, maybe um, Van Jefferson. And, you know, 
I'm not an Odell guy, but I get it for 5K. You know, that he didn't know the offense uh, last week. He should be more involved this week. Um, so I could see myself with a little Packers stack running it back with one of the cheaper Rams, but I think it's it's really hard to play, you know, one of the more expensive quarterbacks with both of the most expensive receivers. Yeah, it's just you really need them to go off. And then, and then the total, you know, I couldn't believe this total wasn't 50. And, you know, that just leads me to believe that there's not going to be as many plays uh, as you usually need. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of leaning away from this one. What about you? Are you concerned with Stafford at all with the last couple of games? I'm not really. I just think they, uh, you know, they got a bye week this week. They probably figured some stuff out. The Niners game just got weird pretty quickly. And the Niners, you know, ran the ball so much. But um, I'm not that worried. I think I agree with you. I think if I do it, I will go um, Stafford Cup with a cheap Packers receiver. Um, or you can come back with A.J. Dillon if you wanted to also. Um, you know, assuming Aaron Jones doesn't play, obviously. He's, he's questionable from practice uh, earlier in the week. We'll talk about that in a second. But Or Rodgers, Devontae, and then a cheaper, like you mentioned, a cheaper Rams option. Henderson, um, you know, maybe Tyler Higby, but I don't love that. Um, you know, I'd play Gronk over Higby every time. And then probably come back. You mentioned Van Jefferson. I do like that one, too. Um, so I think the key for me with that sec is, is you kind of already said it would be, um, you know, the, one of the expensive receivers and a cheaper option on the other side. Um, are there any other – those are like kind of the, the main ones I was looking at. Are there any other like sneaky stacks you like? Any like quarterback-receiver combos that uh, maybe off the radar that you think you might, uh, might slide some lineups this week? Yeah, so if you eliminate those afternoon games and Tampa and the Tampa game, there's pretty much nothing else. So <laughs> anything we recommend is, is yeah. you know, a stretch. And it's, it's, it's coming from, you know, a, a game that is not appealing. Um, I guess I, I can make, I can make a few cases. Um, so if you're ever going to play Jacksonville um, <laughs> today or Sunday, nope. Sunday might be a time because you could argue that no team has looked worse than the Falcons recently. And then Agnew is now out, so it 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 makes it clearer for the who the Jags options are, and they should also see a few more targets. Um, uh, and they, are you, are you, are you have, doing it? Are you doing it? Honestly, I might um, because because the salaries are so are so appealing. They don't need to do much. Like you can make a good case for Marvin Jones. You can make a good case for Dan Arnold again, and you know I, I this guy here's the one. Chenault. I mean, I got to say it now that he is the slot guy without Agnew there. And he, I don't know. So like I said, th these, these are stretches anywhere, anywhere else we're going to go. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Tell, tell me one of these bad games that, that you would, that you might stack, I guess, or yeah. So interesting on Chenault. I don't know if you saw, there was a quote from Urban Meyer this morning saying he's been looking at stuff and he want to get, he wants to get Chenault more touches in the run game. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about some, a lot of this stuff is like coach speak and all that, but, uh, I don't know, mildly interesting there that at least they're realizing that he's a talented guy. They want him to get in the ball. You know, no Jamal Agnew is, is big for him, man. It's going to take a lot to stomach. Or, so know, maybe we're going to see a, a, a Debo Samuel S game from LaVisca Chanel. If, if yeah, he gets involved in, in the running game. Now that you've entered complete dreamland, maybe, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, there's not a lot of other stacks I like. I think that if I were going to do one, it would probably be Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson. 
Um, I do think the Niners defense isn't playing well. They, they run they run a lot of clock, but the, their secondary is still the weak point. Uh, I know Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley have been, have been better at cornerback than they have been, and, and uh, just Kowalski Tart and, uh, and Jimmy Ward have been be- better at safety. But I still think that they, they can't guard Jefferson. I think that Cousins, uh, you know, uh, sixty three hundred is is a pretty decent price. He's not super cheap, but cheap enough that uh, he just kind of always finds a way to to get some stats. And I I think that if I'm Minnesota, I'm attacking this game through the air. I know they have Dalvin Cook, but uh, you know I'm still attacking this game through the air. I still think the Niners' secondary is the weak spot there. So that's probably the one I go with if I'm away from the the afternoon and, and Tampa games. I think for me it probably because I guess it's an afternoon game also. But uh, Cousins Jefferson would be the one that uh, I'm probably looking at to, that maybe a little bit off the radar. Yeah, I, I don't mind that either. Um, the another cheap one, like again, these are these are tough to recommend. But like a, a Tyrod Taylor Cook stack isn't the worst thing. It's such a good matchup, and yeah. it's cheap, and you can run it back with cheap Jets. So again, you don't need those stacks to do that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of, you know, Cam and McCaffrey. I don't know Cam and and DJ Moore. That that game has the lowest total. Like uh, we've, we've talked about Tua a bit recently, you know, Waddle and Gasicki are still in good spots with, yep. with, uh, with Miami being without Parker and Fuller still, but 42 total. That's just, that's tough. So yeah, there, there's not much else besides, you know, the, the afternoon games that we mentioned. Yeah. The, I think those lower games are for me, it's like finding one offs. So I don't think I'm stacking any of those games and hoping for something crazy there, but um, let's talk about some, we talked about McCaffrey and uh, whoever it was, uh, Jonathan Taylor earlier is kind of the expensive ones in terms of the expensive running backs that are in that, you know, a little bit underneath that range, but uh, you know, above the mid range, we have Austin Eckler, 8,400 Dalvin cook, 8,100 Joe Mixon off the big game last week, 7,500. Do you find yourself um, going to any of these three guys? You know, Echo scored four times this week too. Lost a little bit in the Jonathan Taylor chaos, but um, you know, Dalvin Cook is obviously uh, really talented uh, against the 49ers. He's been uh, it's a tougher matchup. The Niners have been tough against the run, three point eight yards per carry. Uh, Cook himself has been under four yards per carry the last couple weeks. So, any of these three guys that you find yourself uh, you know clicking and, and putting your roster? I don't think so. Um, like you said, uh, Cook. So Cook, uh, yeah, I don't want to roster a running back versus the Niners. Um, Eckler, like Eckler a lot, um, the salary went way up. Um, so I guess, you know, just if you, with, without salary considered, it would be Eckler. Um, and then yeah, Harrison Mixon, I don't know. I see, I'm not sure what to think about that matchup. You know, the Steelers historically, and even at the start of this season, you know, have a good defense and a good run defense, but not so much recently. Uh, Mixon's also the cheapest there. Also Cincinnati, you know, we wanted to stack them uh, last week, or we, we did stack them not last week, but yep. uh, they went back to the run, you know, at the start of the season, they they really favored uh, the run, you know, playing a little bit slower, uh, trying to eliminate Burrow's mistakes, just not not um, having him throw the ball around like he was sort of in the middle of the season. So, you know, I can get behind Mixon, I think. I guess I like that Mixon's cheaper than the rest, and I like that he's uh, playing for a favorite. Um, but, yeah, if I'm in this 8K range, I'm just going to find the salary and get up to McCaffrey. Uh, what, what about you? What do you think about that range? Kind of my answer, too. I think I go up to McCaffrey. There's a lot of mid-range guys I do like this week, so I don't think I'm going to find myself here. Uh, Mixon with 30 carries last week was wild. I just kind of – you're right. I think they were trying to limit Burrow's mistakes. I didn't think I didn't think Burrow looked good last week. I love Joe Burrow, but I didn't think he looked good at all last week. I watched a, a bunch of that game since we did have it stacked, and it uh, it was not great to watch. But 
The, the funny thing is I didn't have any of those three guys bolded, but then as I, as I look at the expensive receivers, you know, we talked about cup and Adams. I really like this, this group right here of three. I like Justin Jefferson, 8,300. We talked about him a little bit. Debo 7,900. Debo had 79 yards rushing last week. He only had one catch, but he had 79 yards rushing and a touchdown there. So he got there. Um, if he's going to run the ball eight times, like that creates a nice floor there that, uh, you know, even if the Niners don't pass a lot, at least he's touching the ball a ton. Um, the targets have gone down with Ayuk kind of back out of the doghouse and George Kittle back off the IR. And then Jamar Chase is 7,300. I, I do like going back to him. Has not topped 50 yards the last three games. It's, it's very clear since that 200-yard game, it just hasn't been the same. But still 28 targets in those three games. I think he's really talented. He's a guy that they take deep shots with. Sometimes you're not going to get there because those aren't going to connect. You're going to see, you're gonna see the targets without the catches. Um, he had two touchdowns against Pittsburgh uh, in, the, in week three of that game, kind of his breakout game. The Steelers have struggled against deep passes this year. Um, I like all three of these guys. I'm going to look to like, as I build lineups, like I really like the expensive receiver one off this week. I think uh, Jefferson, Samuel and, and Jamar Chase are all going to kind of find some ways in, in my lineups this week. Yeah. I like all those guys too. Um, first one that, that stood out to me was Debo. Um, you're right. I, I don't, you don't love that IU can Kittle are back uh, seeing targets, yeah. um, but you do love the eight carries for 79 yards last week. And, and it wasn't like a fluke. He had five carries for 36 yards and a touchdown the week before. Um, and he's it's, the- it's very clear. They will get the ball in his hands at some point in the game. They, they, they force it no matter what. Yeah. And he has, he has so many like, long to longish touchdowns this year. He's the type of player that can score anytime he touches it. Uh, really like that. Um, Jefferson. Yeah. S- you know, San Fran's a matchup that I usually look to avoid. Um, you mentioned some things going in Jefferson's favor. I love Jefferson as a player. Uh, I'm worried that the the Niners just run the ball a lot. The eight threes, like a big price tag to, to have to pay off. I mean, of course he can do it. Jefferson, crazy games the last two games 169 yards 143 yards yeah i understand i get that um i probably lean debo in that game and then chase yeah um i'm not sure what i think about chase because i you know i probably rather just play allen for the same salary um you mentioned looking burrow last week and we, we both stacked uh cincy i mean it was evident early in the first quarter that that stack was going to fail. Yeah. I mean, it's what, it's what you're like, Oh, it'll get there. And I was like, I knew early on. I was like, oh, this is not getting there. right when the game started. You could tell now, now chase, you know, you're right. The deep threat, you know, makes him viable always because he can just catch a couple passes to get there. So yeah, I can see myself, uh, rostering chase and in a, um, in a tournament like mike evans and gris goblin are right there in price allen and debo are you know, above him i just i think chase gets lost this week i don't think people are going to be stat no one's going to be stacking cincy so a lot of people are going to be stacking tampa and if you do that you have to do it with the receivers if people are going to stack the rams or green bay you've got to do that one of the expensive receivers i just think chase is super overlooked this week and if you're gonna give me an explosive big play guy at like five percent owned, I, I I just I just like that a lot this week. That is the best point of all. Yep, and I think you're absolutely right. People will go to Keenan. People will go to Tampa Bay, yeah. uh, or they'll go all the way up. Yeah, an overlooked chase. Yeah, that's good. Good point. That's the yeah. reason to roster him. And you got you got to think people are going to play Devontae at that price. It's just hard to get that second expensive receiver in you know if you and if you want to play McCaffrey or Taylor there's no way to do it so I just think there's a lot of bills that um kind of skip this range uh, stacks will skip this skip him 
builds will skip this range. I think that uh, I think he comes in really cheap and are really uh, low uh, low rostered, which you know you always like with a stud receiver. So let's talk about some mid range guys though. Uh, but first, a note from our sponsors at Yahoo. The new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo's ex- excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10, ent- uh, free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of the free $10 entry credit to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million NFL DFS, co- DFS contest live. The $1 million contest features a $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and entry into the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live event, which will occur at the MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. So in terms of, uh, let's start with mid-range running backs. Uh, There's a lot of guys, I, I guess I would call it the... Um, I'm going to call it the $4,600 because there's someone cheaper to, you know, 6,500 range. We've got Cordell Patterson is, uh, sounds like he's going to be back. Uh, nice matchup against the Jaguars. He's 6,500 James Robinson in that same game, got on the other side, 6,200 against Atlanta, uh, between these two guys in the sixes, uh, you have a, you have a strong preference here. What, what do you think about the mid range running backs overall? Yeah. Um, I, I like a few of them. Um, I do too. But my, my preference is probably Robinson. Um, I, I like Patterson too, though. You know, it's a good matchup for both. Um, so the thing about Robinson, he's been in negative game script, negative game scripts the last few weeks um, where the Jags get down big and then they sort of abandon the run. Yeah. Uh, he's also been banged up um, for a little while now. And despite all that, still has seven touchdowns in his last seven games. Um, and, you know, I mentioned with the Jags that Agnew being out, it's just something that's just a little thing, but it still could be two more targets for Robinson, who's, you know, already active in the passing game. And then the matchup against Atlanta, like I want to target Atlanta. I just, I can't believe how bad they've looked. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think, think I don't think they have a touchdown in the last two weeks. Yeah, you're right. It's just unbelievable. I think they've been outscored 68 to three. Oh, um, so like it's rare that we find a favorable spot for Jacksonville. So yeah. I guess I kind of want to take a chance on that when it's there. Um Patterson may have more upside because, you know, it's a favorable matchup for the Falcons too. Uh, what about you? You have a lean? Yeah. I mean, with Cordero, the Jags are actually tough to run against. They're 3.6 yards per carry. You can pass against them. I imagine he's super involved. I just don't know if I want to even touch this Atlanta offense right now. If I did, I probably, I, you could go Patterson or Kyle Pitts. Uh, Patterson's probably been more um, consistent. You know, Pitts has kind of been bad the last four weeks after those big two games, but um I'd probably go Robinson too. Like you look at the blowouts, but I think the key to me is they've had 33 backfield touches in those two games. Robinson's had 30 of them. So like, even though he hasn't been super involved because of the, the blowouts against the Colts and the Niners, um, it's still, it's not like someone else is getting involved. Like he's still the guy. And I like that in a game against Atlanta, you know, 6,200 is a pretty good price for that. I think that I, I, I make that preference there. Dropping under six, we have AJ Dillon at 5,900. Obviously I'm going with the, 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 the comment that, you know, this is if Aaron Jones is not play. I don't think he's going to, but he looked pretty good at practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So maybe it might be in there. Obviously, I would I'd scratch him off if, if Jones played like there'd be enough of a timeshare that I don't get involved. Uh, you mentioned Jarrell Henderson at 5,800. Eli Mitchell practiced Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, he's 5,400. 
Um, do you, uh, what do you do in the 5,000 range at running back? Okay. Well, I play Dylan if Jones is out. Yeah. Um, it kind of seems like Jones is going to play, uh, just, well, at least listening to, to what Lafleur said. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it seemed like he would have be out a little longer with the injury that he suffered. And they, but and they have a bye next week too. So I just kind of figured they would hold him out for the bye and be safe. But I mean, if you, uh, I didn't see the quote from the floor, but yeah, I, I saw the clips of practice and he certainly looked good. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it doesn't matter, but it's, um, if he doesn't play, yeah, yeah Dylan. Um, I think, I think Dylan basically had a floor game last week and still, still ended up with 15 points. Um, yeah. I mean, they just got down in that game. You mentioned earlier, they got down to, to Minnesota and they just kind of, he had, but he still, had, like you said, he had 17 touch. He had six catches. So that, that, that was huge in PPR. Um, yeah. And then Henderson, I like Henderson too. Um, I, if Dylan, if Dylan, uh, or sorry, if Jones plays, then I won't roster Dylan and I'll, I'll play Henderson in this range. Uh, it's a, decent matchup against green Bay and it's a good price for Henderson who we had seen in the mid sixes uh, for the most part recently. Um, just one more guy I wanted to mention, maybe get your thoughts on. Um, I could have some interest in Saquon this week. What do you think about that? Uh, I would love to at the price, but man, he just looked terrible in the last game. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how fully healthy he is to be honest. Um, he did not like they were playing Tampa, right? I, I don't, he just didn't. Yeah. He, he, he looked, I mean, granted, it, it's tough to play against Tampa, but what was he like 12 or 16 rushing? I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I can get there. I'd probably play Eli Mitchell, assuming he's healthy over, over Saquon this week. Um, he's practicing so far this week. He had 27 carries the last time he played. Minnesota's allowing 4.5 yards per carry. I think the Niners will want to attack them on the ground. Uh, the key for me is Minnesota's missing three stars on the defensive line too. Like mm. they just—it's a big spot that they're they're really banged up on the defensive line. I think that the, I think the Shanahan's going to see that. Uh, I think that when Mitchell plays, it's very clear that he's the guy in that backfield, which is important to me too. So um, I get Barkley, and like you see him at this price, and you're like, oh my god, it's Saquon Barkley. Like you got to do it, but. I just don't love that offense. I don't love the way they're playing. I, I kind of like the Eagles defense uh, enough that uh, I'm okay not playing him. I just, I'm not convinced how healthy he is or how, how much they're going to lean on him, I guess. Yeah, no, you're You're probably right. Uh, he had a play in that, in that Tampa game where it, the old Barkley would have definitely taken it to the house. Right? Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't look, he doesn't look anywhere near the same. The reason the re that, you know, the reason I brought it up was, you know, I liked to see the six targets. Um, yeah. the giants are banged up at receiver and they fired Jason Garrett. Um, so, you know, maybe there's, uh, some new wrinkles in the offense this week, but yeah, the, the health definitely concerns me. Um, I would definitely just go James Robinson over him, but you convinced me on Mitchell, uh, definitely. Um, assuming he's healthy. Yeah. That's really interesting about the Vikings, um, D line being so banged up and Mitchell's. Good salary. Yeah, I, I like that call. So uh, two other guys down here I wanted to mention to you. I'm curious of your thoughts on <clears throat> Javante Williams. It's frustrating. Like He splits time with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has seven touchdowns. Javante has two. But we talked all year about you can run on this Chargers defense. They've been a little bit better lately the last couple of games. I think they were like 5.3 yards per carry before they're by 3.8 after. Um, but he was 8 for 48 in Week 10. He was 17 for 111 in Week 9. Uh, before thereby, uh, he's Javante Williams is really good. It's just a matter of getting touches. Do you fifty two hundred? Is the price low enough where you're okay with t playing him in a good matchup at maybe sixty percent of the of the backfield touches? 
I don't know. No, it's, it's hard, right? Really. It's just tough. It's just, and they can think inside the five, and it's almost always Melvin Gordon. It makes it tough, but God, I, if there's no Melvin Gordon, this would be like an absolute green light here, but it's just a, it's tough. absolutely like, you know, we, we want to roster Williams so bad, uh, yeah. but you just can't with Gordon and, and I shouldn't say you can't, of course you can. Um, Gordon, you got to think he's going to see plenty of work going against his old team. I mean, um, it's just, it's too likely also that the Broncos get down in that game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as much as I want to, I think we're going to have to w- wait another week at least. Yeah, I think I agree. I really want to click it, but I just don't. I think it's more of me wanting to than anything. Um, lastly, in this range, um, Dontrell Hilliard on Tennessee is 4,600. Um, playing against New England, they are the biggest underdog on this slate at six and a half points. Dontrell Hilliard had 10 targets last week. He had eight catches, 47 yards. He had seven rushes for 35 yards. It seems like there's going to be no Jeremy McNichols. I think that'd be a must to even consider this one. Hilliard played 51 snaps last week. Um, could be a nice game script if they get hit down in New England. Maybe they dump it off to him a ton. Do you do you entertain this at all at 4,600 with, uh, with Tennessee so banged up all over the place? They have no running backs. Uh, even their receivers are banged up. And maybe you know dump-offs become more interesting when there's no Julio Jones. There's no Marcus Johnson. He got hurt early, early last game. A.J. Brown is questionable. He has a couple injuries. We don't know what's going to happen there. I think he's going to play, but like, is he 100%? Um, do you entertain this at all at 4,600? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you'd have to. Again, you know, McNichols needs to be out uh, yep. to, to entertain it. Uh, they cut Adrian Peterson, um, so he, he's not there anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to because they have no receivers either. And, like, you know, 10 targets last week for 4,600 in a game when they should be behind. Um, yeah, I'd entertain it with, with no McNichols. I don't know, I guess – I don't love it, but I, it's, it's a leap of faith. You, you're hoping that like they use him the same way. Who knows what they're doing, but yes. you mentioned they don't have receivers. They don't have a tight end really. They use like, there's, there's just not a lot here at the moment. I mean, Tennessee is a team that was streaking for a while and just so banged up right now that, uh, you know, I, if he gets, he gets 10 targets, obviously he's the easiest play ever at 4,600, but like, even if he gets six like that, maybe works out, maybe 10 carries. It's just, I don't know. It's tough against the New England defense is playing well. New England's playing really well right now. I just, uh, I'm back and forth on it. He's definitely in my mix, but uh, I'm probably going to hope not to use him. I think. Yeah. So Scott, would you rather play him or a Jets running back with Michael Carter out? I would probably play rather play Hilliard. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, I was, you know, you see Michael Carter out and the Jets against Houston you know, do you go Ty match. Johnson? Do you go Tevin Coleman? Like, where do you even start with that? I guess. So yeah, that's the question. I mean, you never like to roster Te- Tevin Coleman, and, and ever Ty, Ty Johnson catches passes. So I mean, Ty Johnson seems like a similar option to Hilliard, um, but yeah, it's a murky situation. I'd probably need some a little clarification. There. I uh, I literally thought, I thought Ty Johnson at 4,300 would be a play, and then I looked and he had two touches last week, and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just like the floor is just the floor is the floor, like it's so low. Do you consider Miles Sanders at 5,100 all off the off the good game last week, 16 for 94? Um, but it seems clear to me that he's probably not getting you know 90 percent of the snaps. He's probably looking like 60 percent of the snaps. He played 36 snaps last week. Right. Yeah. So I'd really like I'd really like to. Um, I don't like that he hasn't been involved in the passing game at all. Um, now at all, you're right at all, at all. Um, now 
they didn't really need to pass last week against the Saints. Um, however, yeah, that, that snap share is concerning. I think he played 40-some percent of the snaps last week. Uh, they, you know, they seem intent on using other backs. Um, if, I don't know, if he was involved in the passing game, I'd be rostering him. But it just doesn't seem like you can count on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where, where, do you, where do you fall on that? I had a note on here, like I'd use him if he was involved more involved in the passing game. So I, I agree with you. It just he hasn't it hasn't been involved there at all. So it's uh, it's an easy range. I think I would try and get up to uh, Eli Mitchell if I was in that range. I think I'd get up to fifty four hundred. Uh, even I get up to AJ Dillon. I get up to James Robinson. Like, there's enough guys close enough that I'd probably rather play where I don't feel like I need to delve into into that. Uh, you know, kind of guessing on on touches between him and Javante Williams and Hilliard. I, I'd like to not uh, have to play them, but. You know, they're cheap and I get it. So it depends on a build, but I think I would go. I think I'd try to get up to Mitchell if I'm in that range. Yeah, me too. So let's talk about some uh, some cheap wide receivers, uh, or I guess mid-range wide receivers first. Uh, mid-range wide receivers, um, let's do like uh, our two favorites in this range. We'll get uh, get a little clip here and, and see how we like them. Um, why don't you give me one? I'll go one, then we'll kind of go back and forth. But in this range, let's call it like 4,500 to 6,500. Who are you? Who your fa- Who's your favorite guy in this range? Uh, who's your first favorite? Okay, yeah. Well, there's a lot of guys in this range that I like. Um, I think I think at the top of the 5K range, there's going to be a few guys that are popular. I'm going to highlight a guy in the middle that might not be quite as popular, um, and that's Jerry Judy. Now, uh, part of the reason I like him is because he makes sense in Herbert stacks, and another reason I like him is because he seems fully healthy now. He saw nine targets last week. He played his highest percentage of snaps of the season, eight targets the week before. And um, Bridgewater hasn't really been targeting his outside receivers. uh, And also the Chargers give up more over the middle to tight ends and slot receivers. So I'm going to take a chance on Judy as my run back in Chargers stacks. And I also think he's a good enough play that you could just play him on his own too. Um, what about you, Scott? Where who do you like in this range? Yeah, I, I like that Judy call. That's an interesting one, especially with the the tight end and uh, slot receiver stat you had. Uh, my first one here is going to be Jalen Waddle at fifty nine hundred. I just think at under six thousand, you get someone who is insanely involved in the offense right now. I know it's not deep balls. I know his A dot is low, but you look at the targets. 13, 8, 12, 10, 6, and 9. Last week, he had a touchdown run, too, which was which is huge. He was 8 for 65 on 9 targets. He has 60-plus yards in 5 of 6 games. Um, the, the Carolina had been pretty good against receivers for a while, but uh, Terry McLaurin had 100 yards against them last week. I just think you're going to be someone under 6,000 that's this involved in the offense. Um, it, I just going to take it every time. It, it, six, and he's he's a guy that is talented. It's not like it's, it's, we're talking about, uh, you know, a Danny Amendola or someone that, like, is only going to be underneath route. Like, if Waddle can break a tackle and go, like, he, he can be gone. We've seen that. We saw that plenty at Alabama. Um, so I like Jalen Waddle at 5,900. Um, I'm not stacking Miami Carolina at all anyway, but as a one-off, I think he's very, very uh, playable and someone I'm having a lot of lineups. Uh, who else do you like in this range? Who's your who's your second guy here that uh, you're going to be uh, targeting in this range? Yeah, uh, really like Waddle too. Um, so I'll briefly mention two other guys because I, one is Marvin Jones, who I sort of already mentioned. Uh, it's just it's a great spot for Jacksonville, and Agnew being out now sort of pushes it over the edge for me that I'd expect some more targets, and there's like a little bit of added touchdown equity in such a good matchup against the Falcons. Um, and that the same can be said 
about branding cooks. Normally, I don't love rostering cooks um, playing for such a bad team, um, but with Tyrod Taylor back in 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 four in four Tyrod Taylor starts this season, Cooks seen he's seen fourteen targets twice. Yeah. Um, I know he only had three last week, but that's because of the game script. Houston got up big early, and you know, kind of didn't really need to throw the ball, and then. You know, we normally don't think of Cooks as a guy with too much upside, just, you know, being at the team that he plays for. But a home matchup against the Jets uh, adds some touchdown upside. So I'm comfortable going with Cooks this week. Um, what about you? Who who else do you who else are you looking at in this range? Yeah, my other guy in this range is uh, I'm going to drop down a little bit. I'm going to go to 4,900, get a little spicy on you. I'm going to go Van Jefferson. We talked about him a little bit. We talked about Rams, uh, Rams Packers stacks. He's 4,900 on DraftKings. Um, I just think this is a little bit more than a back and forth game than the, the, the total tells us. I think that uh, if you're playing a Packers stack, it's a really nice way to get cheap underneath there. You mentioned Odell Beckham. Uh, yeah, I know he's had 10 days on the offense. I still don't think it's uh, – I'm not that worried about him You know, taking that many targets. But you look at Van Jefferson last four weeks – seven six seven and seven targets it's a nice cheap piece of this game um, i think stafford is due for a bounce back uh, he's playing a ton of snaps which is really important he's on the field all the time and he's a guy that can't hit a big one too so you can give me give me consistent targets a guy who's on the field all the time and can hit a big one um, i do really like that and i think that under five thousand is a really good way to get a piece of this uh, this game really cheaply so i'm going to be having uh, a lot of van jefferson in the lineups both in stacks and also i think you, if you're very playable as a one-off too and just uh kind of get uh, get a piece of this game if you're going elsewhere with your stack so i, I do like van jefferson a lot uh with the you obviously know robert woods and beckham uh, we're not totally sure if he knows the offense yet but yeah. um a, a couple other guys in this range we talked about michael Pittman earlier the two guys i wanted to also highlight um, Elijah Moore is 5,600 at Houston. He's been going off the last last three games, been really good. Uh, he was eight for 141 touchdown last game. Zach Wilson is back now. Does that make you less interested in Moore? More interested in Moore? I know he's got a cannon, but I don't think we have any clue how Zach Wilson is going to look in this offense, you know, after we've seen, you know, Mike White and Joe Flacco not exciting, but they have been targeting Elijah Moore. The quarterback switch does worry me a little bit here. Yeah, the quarterback switch worries me too. Um, I would have had some interest in some of these Jets receivers, especially more. And I'm not saying, you know, Wilson starting should eliminate that interest, but I think for me, it does at least with more just because there's so many options in that range. I mean, we just named a bunch of them and we didn't even name Michael Pittman until you just mentioned him. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't even talk about Mike Williams except for a little bit uh, at the start of the show. Um, so, yeah, I think just like there's a lot of opportunity cost in that range. And I'm probably don't want to roster a receiver that has Zach Wilson as their quarterback, like over some of those other guys. Like, what what do you think? Yeah, that's kind of where I got to. I really like Elijah Moore. I like the price, but I just I have no idea what the offense is going to look like with Wilson. I mean, look terrible with him earlier. I just don't know. I mean, I think they should play him. I mean, they need to get he needs to get reps, but I don't want I don't think I want to rely on it either. Last guy on this range I want to mention, because you mentioned him earlier, someone that was disappointing last week. Uh, T. Higgins is still in this range. He's 5,400. He was super quiet last week, three targets. It seems like, you know, there's one of the Bengals receivers always kind of out of the mix each week. It's usually it's Higgins or it's Tyler Board. It's hard to figure out which one. T. Higgins hasn't scored since week two, hasn't hit, hasn't hit 100 yards this year, but like he's talented. The targets have been there almost all year before last week. He was 15, 6, and 8 threes before last week. Played 59 snaps. He's on the field a lot. Do you go back to him? Or are you uh, are you like that? Ah, he's got to show me first. Where do you fall on Higgins? Um, yeah, that that one really hurt last week. Yeah, so it it's, did. It's that's a, that that Cincy game just stung all over the place. So 
so yes, I would go back to him, I guess is the answer to your question. Um, I guess if I was more on the Bengals, um, but just in general, I like going back to popular guys who failed the week before. And, you know, now he's, he's not going to, you know, everyone else feels the same as we do uh, when when you bring up T Higgins and it, it doesn't look like a great spot against Pittsburgh, but it's not a bad spot. I mean, we, uh, we saw the chargers just light them up last week. Um, So I'm, I like going back to Higgins. Yeah. For, for, for the reasons I said, and because he's not going to be as popular as those other guys. Now, am I going to go back to him? Probably not just because I'm not on that game. Um, but I, but I'm okay with it. I, I don't know. I guess that's, that's the best answer I can give. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I fall. I think that if I, if I need someone in that range, I'm, I'm okay with it, but, uh, it's just, uh, it's been a rough, a rough road. Oh, not, no hundred yard game all year has been, has been pretty wild considering that he's got a good quarterback and all that. But what about, um, real quick, cheap receivers. You talked about LaVisca Chenault a little bit at 4,400. Um, is there anybody in the under 4,500 range that you find yourself liking? There's two guys down here. I do like, um, but I'll let you go first here. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's guys in this range that I really like, um, but you know, you know, Scott, why don't you go first? All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, I go really like, I really, we talked about him a little bit last week. I really like Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling again. He's 4,100 against the, against the Rams. Uh, he finally hit the big game last week. He was four for one twenty-three in touchdown. He had that 75 yard touchdown, take the lead late in the game. Most important to me, like I know he's a big play guy that can hit the big play, but he had 10 targets last week. He is the clear number two right now. Um, he's above Alan Lazard. Um, I like it even more if Aaron Joseph Aaron Joseph play because they use him a lot in the passing game too. I think he's just a nice cheap piece of this game. Always a boomer bust guy. Like you're always taking a risk with MVS that you know he catches you know two passes and doesn't do much. But um, give me a number two guy in an offense with a you know Hall of Fame quarterback in a game that I think is going to be a higher total than they were seeing on the Vegas line. Um, Forty one hundred. I just like the price. I think he's, he's a really he's a guy that can blow up with that price. And you give me that down this range on a good offense with a great quarterback. I'm going to take that every time. The other guy down here is is Nick Westbrook. Um, they're against the Patriots. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. We mentioned a lot earlier. We we're talking about Dontrell Hilliard that the Tennessee just has nobody nobody healthy right now. Yeah, um, um, that's who I was going to bring up. Someone yeah. from the Tennessee game. I he mean, was, he was seven for one hundred seven on eight targets last week. Like he was really valuable at the price. You know, AJB is questionable. Julio Arcus Johnson are out. Good game script. I think that I think it, for the price, he can get there pretty easily. Yeah, and so in this cheap range too, there is just no one. I mean, it's rough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually rough. I can find guys. There's like, I looked at Nico. I looked at Nico Collins again. And I'm like, yeah, I looked closer, and I'm like, no, nah, I can't get there. I just, I think it's MVS and Westbrook for me. Maybe some Chenault if I if I let you talk me into them. Uh, but other than that, I think that uh, those are the two guys that I like the most. Yeah, I mean, and Nico Collins was the other one that I was even yeah. considering bringing up. So other than that, there's just nothing now. I will take a few chances on Chenault, but you know, like like you, I'm wary, and I understand if you don't want to go there. Um, but you know, you asked about the the ch- even cheaper than him. Yeah, I think I think Westbrook's just he'd have to be the best option after after seven catches for 107 yards last week and just all the injuries they have. Like, I guess I guess that's where I'd feel safest. Um, in a, in a game, they sh- in a game, they should be trailing. Right. In a game, they should be trailing. Yeah. N- another good point. Um, but yeah, I love the MVS call, especially if Lazard doesn't play. Definitely. 
So real quick, I want to talk tight ends, but finally a note from our sponsors at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Roto subscription. To do that, you do these three, three easy steps. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minute of $10 and receive a $100 deposit bonus up to $100. Play in your first paid contest, you'll contest, and you'll then receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, Ryan, real quick on tight ends, we've kind of hit a bunch of them already. I know we got to uh, jump out of here, but uh, I think that uh, I think Rob Gronkowski sticks out gigantically to me at 4,400. I know you mentioned that, uh, you know, maybe not as big as I think it is, but I, I do like that. I think Pat Fryermuth will be popular at 4,300 down here. Eric Ebron is out. Um, you know, Fryermuth's been very involved for Pittsburgh, seven, seven, six, nine, and seven targets the last five games. He doesn't do a lot. He's got a score to get you there, but he has he has four touchdowns the last four weeks, so he does get in the end zone, but hasn't topped 60 yards all year. So it's always always makes me a little bit wary when you're like focusing and needing a touchdown. I think Dallas Goddard at 4,800 in the same range is playable too. Uh, he had eight targets last week. It's just a matter of you know whether Philly throws the ball enough to make him interesting. But when they do throw, like he's always he's obviously very very involved with Zach Ertz uh, out of town. Um, those are the three that stuck out to me in the cheaper ranges. What are you thinking at tight end this week? Uh, the three you mentioned are the three that stand out for me. Nice. Uh, yep. Um, really like Gronk. Really like Fryermuth. And I understand the Goddard play. Uh, again, I just don't normally play Hurts and and a pass catcher, but uh, yeah, Goddard makes sense. Um, the are one we... other guy. Oh, good. Yeah, just one other guy, and I I briefly mentioned him. It's a guy that put up a big donut last week, and uh, that's Dan Arnold. Yep. Um, that was really surpri- surprising. Like no targets. It was it was shocking. It's very surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know, like I've already said about Jacksonville, it's just a good spot, and uh, Agnew being out should add a target or two to to Arnold as well. So I'd be comfortable going there. Um, I guess you know, looking cheaper, I didn't see much. I mean, like. I can, you can roster Jared Cook for three thousand, but again, like I get if you don't want to, especially because they seem to bring in um, Parham around around the goal line. So Cook doesn't seem to have that much touchdown equity anymore, unless of course you know he catches twenty yard or thirty yard or something. But yeah, I don't know. Is are there any uh, cheap cheaper tight ends you're looking at? Not really. Um, you know, I think Tyler Conklin is mildly playable at 3700, but I think I'd find the money to get back up to Gronk or to Dan Arnold. And I just, I didn't see a lot of, uh, I didn't see much at punt tight end this week. Uh, you, I, I, Cook's probably the guy, um, but there's, yeah, I mean, I, I'd even almost rather play Parham at 2700. At that point, I don't want to like try and pick the tight ends to score a touchdown. Last question on tight ends, real quick. Are we past playing Kyle Pitts at 6100? Where do you, where do you fall in this? Like it's been, it's been rough the last few weeks. The Atlanta offense has just been brutal. Like there's no way, and he's just gotten he's gotten sucked into the fact that they've been sucking. So um, he had 100 yards in back-to-back games. He's not top 65 yards since. Uh, I'm a little surprised the price hasn't come down more. I guess is kind of my point. Yeah, same. It's the salary. It's the salary that's keeping me off. Like I I'm not off pits, and, and it's a good matchup, and we know what kind of ceiling he has. But yeah, I don't like that salary. So I don't know if I'm going to get to pits this week, uh, but I understand it. Um, again, like if there's okay, just one. I guess one. If if the Giants, if the Giants are missing Kadarius Tony and Shepard, who both haven't practiced this week, if both those guys are out, give me some Evan Ingram. I'll I'll, I'll take a chance then. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, this, this range is tough. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the never anger Ingram, Evan Ingram range. I get it. I get it. And every time I'm like, he's so talented, he's so athletic, but then you look and I don't think he's top fifty five yards all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't he has one touch. I guess he has two touchdowns in two last three games. So I guess they used him down in the red zone. I get it. I just uh, I don't know. Right. Don't it's know. only if those, you know, only yeah. if those slot receivers who see a ton of targets are out. Because then you just figure that's a he's point. not to see targets. Yeah, that's a fair point on the on the injuries there. And uh, so um, real quick, let's talk defenses. I think this is going to be a week that everybody is going to look at these cheap defenses. Um, we have we have Houston, which seems crazy to say out loud, 2,300, but facing the Jets, facing Zach Wilson. Houston actually has six sacks the last two weeks. So they've actually been playing well. They forced five turnovers each of the last two games. Like, it's wild when you look at these stats. Like, the Texans, are, we just think of them as so bad. But, like, they forced ten turnovers the last two weeks in their games. Uh, the Jets' offensive line has been a little bit better lately, but still a lot of turnovers. It's Zach Wilson. And then we have Jacksonville against Atlanta. Like, 2,200, ten sacks the last four weeks. Atlanta's defense has been horrible. They've allowed 11 sacks the last four weeks. Are you kind of jumping into these uber cheap defenses this week? Or are you thinking of pushing up a little bit to get some to better better actual defenses? Yeah. So as someone who almost always plays cheap defenses anyway, I you can't must be pass. you must be loving this week. Though. I, I can't pass this up. I mean, a home defense against Zach Wilson for twenty three hundred. Yeah. So for cash games, you just play the Texans defense and forget about it. Um, now I like the Jags defense too. So yeah, I could take a chance there. Um, I've seen even a few people mention the Falcons defense in that same matchup. I don't love that as much, but just in general, uh, for tournaments with, with so much rostership concentrated on these bottom defenses, you can get a little leverage rostering some other ones um so yeah if you like some of the more expensive defenses for tournaments by all means uh go for that because if one of those defenses you know puts up 20 and and one will um that's that's a good way to win a tournament when everyone's cheap defense scores five points yeah i guess is there is there is there anyone you like um or who do you like most um other than those cheap ones I think it's a really good point because I think everybody – there's be I don't want to say everybody, but so many people are just going to click Houston or Jacksonville and just kind of move on, especially like in a tournament. Like, too, you're like, you're like oh, I can get $1,000 more to get this guy to this guy. And the defense is always the place that people do that. Like it's always the place I, I need 600 I'll just change my defense. So um, I think you do get a lot of uh, a lot of leverage there on, on the defenses. The two that I like um, – I like I like the Eagles a little bit, but they they've been they scored three the last four weeks, which is crazy. But uh, mostly just going against the Giants. The Giants have allowed multiple sacks in five straight weeks, so I just think that that's a that's a good spot. The Eagles are thirty two hundred on DraftKings. I think that is workable. I also really like Carolina. They're thirty one hundred at Miami. Uh, the Panthers have have multiple sacks in five straight weeks. The, the Miami offensive line was good last week. But eight sacks the two weeks prior. So I think there's there's some there's some possibility for a big play in those two games. And you know if I'm going for some a little bit more expensive and off the off the cheaper obvious ones, I want a team that can make some big plays. I think that for me that's Philly and Carolina. Um, you know where you're not getting too too expensive. You're not getting up to Patriots 3900, uh, Eagles are 3200, Panthers are 3100. I think those are the two teams I like if I'm getting away from the the two cheap defenses. Yeah, I like both those. Yeah, so I think, I think it's a week to do it, too. I think I'm going to play in my main tournament lines. I'm going to try and play Carolina or Philly and maybe try and avoid the, you know, when you get obvious, I mean, it, and the problem is if Houston, if Zach Wilson does a pick six, like you're just screwed at that point. Like you just, you miss that and the whole field gets it. But on defense with so much is variable, if I can get away from a super high percentage one in a tournament, I, I think I'm going to do it. Yep, it's a good call. 
Thanks for everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version, sponsored by WinBet. We really appreciate that. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we appreciate that. Also, uh, if you want to follow Ryan, he is at uh, Ryan Balangi. That's B E L O N G I A. I know it doesn't spell uh, sound like it spells, but that's how it's spelled. Um, I am Scott Jensen, J E N S T A D on my last name. Uh, if you want to hit us up there as kind of injuries break and we get some more news over the weekend, uh, please do. Happy to answer any questions. Other than that, I hope you guys have a really good week 12. We're back at you in week 13 uh, next Friday. So take care and have a fantastic week. Thanks, Scott.